Good morning, church family. It's good to be with you guys. As Donnie said, today is our Vision Sunday, not to be confused with Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, if you were wondering what the right answer to the question was of who to root for, it is not the Eagles, okay? So fill in the blank, multiple choice, the Chiefs. So there you go. That's the correct answer. Uh, for that question. But if you're new with us, uh, my name is Joe Polino. I serve as the lead pastor here and just want to welcome you to church. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a unique Sunday message. If you're new with us, um, it'll be more of a family meeting than a teaching, uh, which uh, we are going to jump back into next week. But I still believe that as you get a window into what God's doing in our church, that you will be built up and encouraged and see who God is. Uh, it also will not be the type of family meeting where you walk into and you realize you just have interrupted a tense conversation between a spouse or they're disciplining their kids and all of a sudden you become very interested in the wall art or the, is that cron molding over there or do I need to check my phone? So it will not be like that. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend time just looking back at where we've been and then looking ahead. Uh, and so just a recap of where we've been. Last year, in 2022, we went through the Gospel of John as a church from April to December. And our theme verse for the year was John 6.35. And it says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And our prayer and theme was to encounter Jesus as the bread of life. That was our rally cry. That was our prayer that we would encounter Jesus as the bread of life in our homes, in our church, and in our city. And I don't know what's happened recently in my home or in our friends' homes, but it seems like baking bread is back in style. I know for several years, it was like low-carb diets and keto were king, but I don't know if it was the winter storm that came through. We used like all of our flour uh, in our house. In particular, sourdough uh, is especially uh, popular in our home. So I think I might even have a picture of a sourdough loaf that my wife made during the, the icy days. Uh, that was gone. Yeah, way to go. What can't she do, ladies and gentlemen? That was gone in about 15 minutes, that whole loaf from our house, just a little butter and salt, delicious. But just thinking about that bread, that bread of life, especially that fresh bread as it comes out, oh man, like it, 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 like it says in the scripture, Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. There is a soul hunger inside of us that only he can satisfy. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Whatever your question is, whatever you're wrestling with, Jesus is the, the satisfier of that. Jesus is the healer. He's the satiator of our heart. And so that's what we went through last year. And then as we entered into 2023, uh, we entered into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And the theme for the fast for us was Jesus, I surrender, fill in the blank to you today and trust in you. So I think we also have a slide of that. Yeah, just that, that was our prayer for every day of the 21 days of prayer and fasting as we fasted in different ways from media and food and prayed for 24 hours, seven days a week collectively as a church. It was awesome uh, just to see different ways that y'all engaged and just to hear different testimonies 
of how that prompt, Jesus, I surrender, fill in the blank to you today and trust in you, allowed for God to bring up things that he was saying, I want you to surrender that to me today. I want to invite you to trust me with that part of your heart today. And while this simple prayer was uh, a, a great idea by uh, Rachel Thatcher on our team as we were coming about, I didn't realize when I prayed this prayer, it would be signing up for heart surgery practically every day of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. But the best type of, of, of heart surgery where God was doing deep work in our church. And we ended the fast last Sunday with a rowdy family prayer service. I say rowdy because we had the kids in here and the kids made it lively. Um, but during the service, we asked everyone to write down on the back of a or card what they're surrendering to Jesus. What are they putting in that blank? And so uh, when you walked in, everyone had one of these little cards with an or. And what the or represents uh, is the surrender piece to Jesus and how the or is what we can do on our own strength, on our own power, how we can steer the boat with our own wisdom. And in these particular areas, we were saying, Jesus, we want you to not just help, we want you to come and take over. Uh, and, and we were dropping our oars and saying, Lord, would you take over in this situation? And so it was really beautiful to see kids and adults come up to the front, write down on the back of their cars, just what they were surrendering and put them at the front as an act of surrender. Uh, I just wanna, we, we took these as a staff and we just said, let's just pray over them this week. And so we're about halfway through and we're gonna keep praying through them. Um, but it was really powerful to see what different people have written down. And some of the things that people were surrendering were things like fear, their health, finances, relationships. These were all common themes, but other people were more specific. They asked for prayer and surrendering estranged relationships children that were far from the Lord and they didn't have any relationship with them, uh, people who had recently lost their jobs and were surrendering trust over to the Lord for financial provision, people who longed for things like being married or for healing in their bodies. Uh, there were even kids that wrote it down. What I loved about the kids is that they actually wrote their name on the card, which is like, you know, this is between you and God, you don't need to write, but they were like, I'm gonna write my name. So. Uh, one kid in particular just made us all laugh uh, because he wrote on the card, well, I gave up, uh, I'm not gonna reveal who he, who he is. I already revealed the gender, so I'm, I need to be careful. But he said, uh, I wanna surrender stealing and lying. Signed, fill in the blank, you know? Like if an adult wrote that down, it's like, I probably should call that person, you know, to have a follow-up. But a kid, I'm like, oh, I love that. So let us, let's be like children and just be like, you know what, let's just own up. I feel like God just loves that type of honesty where it's just like, I need to give up stealing and lying. Okay, sign Joe Polino. Um, but then there were other ones that as we were reading it, it was like, this really is treasure. Like these are the deepest things of people's hearts that they've laid down. There was one in particular that as we prayed, I just was, was struck by the compassion of God. This is all they wrote on the card. Said, God, I can't make friends without you, Lord. I can't make friends without you, Lord, with an exclamation point. And as I was praying for him, the love and compassion of God for this person just filled my heart. And um, so I just felt led to even speak directly to whoever that is, if they're listening, if they're here. Um, just was thinking about acknowledging that relational pain 
can sometimes be the hardest to bring forward because it's not visible to other people. But I just wanna say that, that God sees you. God sees that pain. He is the healer and he is the one that brings lonely into families, as it says in Psalm 68. So that's, that's who God is to you. And then to whoever you are, you are not an orphan, but a son of God. You are not rejected, but you're pursued by the love of God through Jesus. And you are not lesser than, but you are needed as a living stone that God's building in this house. So just to speak to that lie, whoever that is, and maybe you're feeling that way. Maybe you feel like, man, if I left, no one would care. Just wanna say that's not God's heart for you. And that's not God's intention for his church, right? So just felt like led to, to lean into that. So we went through encounter Jesus and then we went through dropping our oars and surrender and fast and prayer and fasting. And in the coming weeks, we're actually doing a little bit of, a, of an art project. I haven't done an art project since I was in elementary school, but we wanna display in some way um, this fast and what we've done to not just move on from it, but we want it to be up in a place where people can visibly see it. So you don't want me doing the art project. So other people who have gifts in our church are putting something together. So I just wanted to let you know that's coming. But just like we don't wanna move on from encountering Jesus as the bread of life, we don't wanna move on from being people who surrender and trust in Jesus in all things. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's a little bit about where we've been. So where is God leading us now? Where is God leading us now? Uh, there was a scripture that I read back in the fall that really jumped out to me when I was reading through the book of Isaiah. Uh, it's in chapter 37. And in this part of the chapter, the Assyrians are threatening to destroy Israel and wipe them out. And they've basically, they're the most powerful kingdom at the time. And they're saying, we've wiped out every other nation and taken their gods. Israel will be no different. And so the king of Israel, Hezekiah at the time, he prayed for help. In fact, it says that he laid out the letter of threats before the Lord and said, look at this, you respond. And this is what God said to Hezekiah in verse 30 that really jumped out to me. It said, this will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. This year, you will eat what grows by itself. In the second year, what springs up from that? But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So as I was reading through Isaiah, I was reading through Isaiah and it just jumped out at me. And, and I don't know if you've had this experience where you're reading scripture and just something, either it's like, I don't quite fully understand that or you're like reading and it's like you just tasted something sweet and just like, oh, I'm not done with that yet. And you kind of go back and forth. So I just felt like the nudge of the Holy Spirit was saying, pay attention, pay attention. This is a gentle reminder, pay attention. And so I read it again and read it again. And I looked at some of the context and, studied a bit, but still not sure what it meant. Uh, so I just shelved it and was like, okay, that, I don't, I, I'm just gonna see if God would bring that verse back around. But around this time in the fall, as I was reading Isaiah, there was also um, some financial challenges that our church was facing. Just to be honest with you, that we were facing financially. 
the cumulative effect of the global pandemic in 2020. And then in 2021, this was a great thing, um, but also a hard thing in some ways is that we planted another church in the Metroplex called Antioch Lake Cities. And so they reach out to the cities that are around Lake Ray Hubbard, like Garland and Rollette and Rockwall. So they were planted last fall and people who lived there or felt called to go with them went and, go, went and planted that church. And so it was about 80 or so people who went and planted that church who were all, you know, the church is doing great. So it's like, praise God. But we had global pandemic and then we had people going out from us. And then in 2022, just through people moving, moving churches or moving locations, we just were at this place where God, we need you to come through financially. And at the same time, we had been in this building for six years, this building location. And our lease was ending at that six years. And if you, uh, I don't know much about commercial real estate leases, but the way that they work is that when you sign on, there's a stair step where they increase a little bit every year. So you sign on low, but by the end, it's higher. And as, as we were encountering some of these hits, it was hitting us in a way that the building expense was pretty high. And if you wanna look into this, actually we put together a 2022 annual report that's on our website. If you just wanna see a high level of this, and I just wanna say thank you to Noah Thatcher who put that together. So Noah on his free time, he does not do this for the church. He put it together and he sent it to me on Friday, which was his birthday. So I just wanna say way to go. Thank you, Noah, and happy birthday. Um, but just to kind of let you in, like this was a big faith step for us. Like, Lord, we, we don't know where the, the provision is gonna come, but will you provide? And at the same time in the fall, man, I was just seeing in our church that God was doing, there's new life that was sprouting forward in our church. Like there was new things that were happening. And as Amy and I prayed and talking with different people about what God's saying or what God's calling them to in this next season, for us, it was like, God's calling us to put down even deeper roots here. Like we just felt like God is not done with us at Antioch Dallas yet. So what, what does he have for us? And so, man, so that's where we're at in 2022. So right now we're meeting in our building illegally. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. So how did God come through? How did God come through? Well, in the fall, our overseer team, our pastoral staff and members of our church who work in the commercial real estate uh, arena, were exploring options in case, what do we need to do in case we need to move? just praying with us. And we talked with the owners of this building. And originally they wanted us to sign another six to seven year lease with a higher price. And we just were upfront and said, hey, we can't afford that. Here's what we can afford. We would like to stay, but understand if that can't work out. And so as we were exploring different options, we prayed for favor. As a, as a staff, we said, God, would you give, give us favor? Would you give us favor? And, and in that, we were exploring different options. Like, Lord, we'll do whatever you want us to do. We're surrendered. But if we were able to stay, it would allow us to actually focus on worshiping you and equipping the saints for works of ministry instead of the logistical piece. And that would be really great. So I was like, Lord, we would love to do that. Lord, give us favor. Well, in October, the owners of the building came back and they presented us with a, another offer that uh, I just can't describe as any other way than favor, just favor. So not only did they come back with a proposal, proposal that was within our price range, 
They even said, hey, we wanna give you the flexibility that if you need to right-size your space, if that means that you want to give back that hallway to save additional money, we wanna put that into the lease just so that you can, well, they didn't say this language. They were very business about it, but I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is the favor we've been asking for. And uh, we're reaching out to a commercial real estate lawyer in our church and said, hey, can you take a look at this? Can you like do a market analysis? Can you check it? And so he asked an objective broker and he said, yeah, this is definitely, definitely a favorable price for your church for this area, which he didn't know what we'd been praying. And so who knows if it was like, the market are different things, but I know that was God. God came through. But, but here's the thing that really struck me. The lease that we signed on this current building was not at a seven-year lease, but it was a three-year lease. It was a three-year lease. And so it reminded me to go back to that Isaiah passage where it said in Isaiah 37, this year you will eat what grows by itself and the second year what springs from that, but in the third year sow, reap, and plant vineyards, eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. So I just felt like in that moment, it was confirmation. It was partly, it was really personal for me because I was, we felt like God was giving us the green light to step in, to serve as lead pastors. It was like, God, we, we wanna seek your face for what you have for our church in this way with our leadership team, with our overseers. And it just felt really personally confirming to me that I'm with you, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous for where we're headed. And then as a staff, as I was sharing this with them, what they reminded me of, our pastoral staff, was that in the summer when Pastor Zach and Christina Daniel, the former lead pastors of Antioch Dallas, that in the summer, as they felt like God was opening a new chapter for them and their family in Waco, that they had a spiritual dream and a prophetic word that for the past 10 years, our Antioch Dallas has operated like a greenhouse, like a greenhouse where people came, they were nurtured in their faith, they got to meet Jesus and they were in this environment that where they were then taken and planted in other places. And it was during those 10 years, I just say a lot of people came through who were young adults and they were encountered Jesus and then they moved on to different jobs or different places. And so we were like, we're owning this. We are a greenhouse for God's growth right now. But then Zach was saying from the prophetic word that he and Christina sensed for them to be led to Waco, but they also sensed for our church that as a chapter is changing, that we are moving from not only being a greenhouse, but becoming a farm, a place to grow people and see the generations invested in. And so uh, I think we even have a, a picture up there. Uh, well, let's show the picture first with the greenhouse and the farm. So just to say, like, for the past, I've been a part of this church for the past 10 years. It's been, um, man, just a dream beyond a dream that I would have never been able to say, I want my life to go this way. I'm just so thankful that God invited me to be a part of this church body, and I'm so thankful to be a part of it for the next 10, 30, rest of my life. I don't know, whatever God would have. But it's been like a greenhouse. And then to feel like God's saying, it's time to open a new chapter of becoming like a farm. So what are some of the differences between a greenhouse and a farm? If you wanna bring back up that chart, here are just a few things that I noticed about a greenhouse versus a farm. One, 
greenhouses are more easily built and torn down. Like in our alleyway, there's uh, a couple who's a empty nester couple that have a greenhouse. And if you drive by in their alley, you can just see like, they're, they're the envy of the neighborhood on growing things. It's just like all seasons of the year, there's just something growing and they're amazing. But they have a greenhouse, but it's just like, it's like a shed in the back, you know? And, and greenhouses don't really speak to permanence. Even if they're bigger ones, they're kind of like a building that can be torn down or, or built. But a farm, to me, speaks to longevity and it speaks to inheritance. It speaks to generations. It speaks to, you know, I'm not just raising this uh, crop for myself, but I'm tending to the land so that my kids and my children's children and their children may have a part in this, right? So that's one of the differences. Another thing is that in the greenhouse, things grow year round, but as a farm, we really have to be attentive of what season are we in? What season are we in right now? And operating in the seasons and flowing uh, with the weather and with the seasons that come. And so for us as a church, believe that God's moving us into a place of even growing in a in, in the leaning into different rhythms that will help us know what season are we in in the year? What season are we in right now over the next few years? Another thing with a greenhouse that the soil is transferable and it's temporary, but in a farm, the soil is more permanent and requires cultivation, you know? So if you're in a greenhouse, you're a potted plant. I don't know why I said you are, but if you wanna imagine yourself as a plant, you can. You know, you're a potted plant, you're, you're, you're in there, but you're not made to really stay there. You're made to kind of, this is a starter place. Well, in the farm, you, you have cultivation, cultivating the soil and you're tending to the land. And, and so we believe that just the soil that we're gonna the tend and uh, cultivate is, is more permanent in nature. And I think that also speaks to just even people feeling called to the city of Dallas or, or the surrounding cities and saying, yes, I feel like God's calling us to put down roots here, to cultivate the soil here in our city, to see the kingdom of God come here. Does that make sense? Okay, so one more. Plants do not mature uh, and adapt in temperature changes or in the weather in a greenhouse, but plants mature in elements where the temperature changes and the weather changes. Uh, you can even see in our lobby, we have uh, some beautiful plants, but some of them are a little droopy. And that's because they don't have the wind to strengthen their branches, really. Like if, you, uh, if, you, if, if a tree grows in a place where there's no wind or if it's in a, like a biodome or a sphere, it's, it's actually got, it's weak because it doesn't have that resistance. So I feel like God's calling us to be uh, a resilient people uh, that is calling us in to be a courageously, uh, a courageous, orthodox, faithful people uh, that we would hold to the teachings of Jesus with, with generosity, uh, with compassion, but also with firm conviction that we, we would say, this is who we're called to be as, as a gift to our city, but also to give him glory. Amen? So again, just going back to that, to that verse, Isaiah 37. This year you will eat what grows by itself. The second year, what springs up from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant and out of the Mount of Zion, a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So I just love that passage. And just as I was praying about, okay, so this three year, 
lease, this three-year window, what do, you, what do you want to say? And I felt like the Lord was inviting me to be bold and to ask you to pray about being a part of committing to build with Antioch Dallas for the next three years. I'm just saying, there's other churches that we're friends in town with and they said, they asked regularly, hey, would you give us six months to invest and plant here? Three years, I understand is a long time. But I also feel like there is a strategic window and I just don't wanna even hedge. I just wanna say, I'm, I'm asking you to pray about committing for the next three years to be a part of the farm that God's building, the generational farm that he's building. And, and maybe that three years will turn into 30. And maybe it's just like, you know what? As I'm praying about it, I wanna be a part for as long as I have, but I'm, God might have a different assignment for me. Man, be blessed. For, we wanna bless you wherever you're at. But I just feel like God's saying, now's the time where he's pulling people in and he's establishing a family and he's establishing unity and he's bringing about a, another foundation, not a new foundation, but another foundation that's built on the momentum of what God's been doing in our church since the beginning. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna invite you guys to just to pray about that. Um, and so again, the question might be though, that's awesome. Thank you for the insight. Praise God for provision. Praise God for this word. Where are we going from here? Where are we going from here? Well, if you go back to the verse in Isaiah, verse 30, it says, this year you will eat what grows up by itself. Eat what grows up by itself. And so as a staff, we were like, well, what's bubbling up right now? And one of the things that I love that Donnie pointed this out in the middle of the service, but we're a part of an Antioch movement, a connection of other churches that are of the same heart and same mind to see Jesus lifted up, to have a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. And so one of the things that they do every year is that they seek the Lord for what are you saying, not just for our individual churches, but for us as an Antioch movement? What part do you want us to play, Lord, as a part of the global church? And we might be just the, a little small part of what God's doing in the world. And we are just a small part, just as Antioch family, but we wanna play that part well with full of faith. And one of the things that they shared is that we are actually, as an Antioch movement, you probably don't know this, but I'll share it with you now, they're in the middle of a five-year vision uh, and they are, the first year, they felt like the Lord said, I'm conscripting the Antioch movement. I'm drafting you, if you will, and retrofitting you to go from a cruise ship to a troop carrier. So that was the first year. And there might even be a picture. Uh, there we go. So that was the first year of the Antioch movement word, conscription. Okay, it's a little bit small on the screen, but maybe you can follow along with what I'm saying. So that was the first year. The second year was last year. And if we're being conscripted where this cruise ship is being turned into a troop carrier, then the boiler room or the engine room of the ship was being retrofitted. And so that was all about prayer. So that was the last year. This is the year where they are in this call for unity. Unity of the spirit. And there's three scriptures that particularly stuck out to them, John 17, Acts 2, and Ephesians 4. And so as we were going through, um, going through this word, it was like they have three years left on this five-year vision. They're in year three. And so we said, what's growing up in itself? We wanna join together 
in unity for what God's doing, not just in our church, but also across the Antioch movement. And even, it's just so cool to hear in different churches even, there's a move of unity among the churches in our city and in the, in the nation. Just where there's, some, there's collaboration, there's, there's a sense of brotherhood and communion of the saints that even if we disagree on things that we would even say are important, that if we have Jesus and we can see the glory of Jesus and the name of Jesus lifted up and the kingdom of God come, there is a unity there of the spirit that we can get behind. And so that is, that is what's growing up right now. So as a pastoral staff, we're like, okay, what does this mean for us? And if we pull up the John 17 prayer. So John 17, Jesus is praying for himself in the first part of John 17. Then he prays for his disciples. And then he prays for all believers for all time. He prays for the church. And this is his prayer for you and me, for the church. Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone, not for the disciples alone, but I pray also for all who will believe in their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be one so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so next week, we're gonna lean in and unpack what does it actually mean to make us one with God, make us one with one another so that the world would see Jesus. And that is where we're leaning in this year on 2023, make us one. That's our prayer. That is our goal. And we are going to build into this step-by-step. So next week, as I was preparing this, I I thought I could combine them. And as I was looking into John 17, I was like, I will probably spend all of my life and I won't fully understand the beauty of what's happening here. I need to give it at least one message, okay? So just just to recap, Okay, so, so where are we going from here? One is that we want to remember God, what, where has God led us from? That Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is, is, is the longing of our heart. He's the satiator. He is the healer. He is the bread of life. Anyone who comes to me will never be hungry. Anyone who believes in me will never be thirsty. And I just want to say that again. If this is your first time hearing that and you weren't here with us last year or that is true. Like Jesus is what your heart craves for. Jesus is why we're here. Jesus is the glory that your heart longs to see. Jesus is the bread of life and that he is the good leader. Like it says in Isaiah 37, the zeal of the Lord is the one who's gonna accomplish this, Hezekiah, not you, not your army. It aligns really well with dropping your oars. We surrender to you. It's not our giftings or our ingenuity or all wisdom or our plans that are bringing this about. I don't know about you. I don't want to sign up for something I can pull off on my own. And I can't pull off unity on my own. And we definitely can't. In many ways, unity is like the Mount Everest of, of Christianity. It really is. You want to see the gospel reach all the nations of the earth? This is what Jesus said needs to happen. People grow in unity with God and unity with one another so that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus as the Messiah. That is what we're going for. And that is, uh, that is a part of God changing us into a greenhouse to a farm, from a greenhouse to a farm. And I just, again, wanna invite you just to consider even now or this coming week, just God, God, are you calling me to invest more, to build with this church family? Because I know sometimes we're, we just need to know that you're wanted and you're needed and you need an invitation. So this is your invitation, your invitation that you are wanted and you are needed in this house. And we would love for you to come 
and build with us over the next three years that I hope will become longer than that. And then finally, next week, we're gonna dig into this, but I'm so excited for it because it also feels very, um, <laughs> it feels like a God-sized theme, like not like a man-sized theme of make us one. And so we're gonna lean into, God, would you make us one with you? Make us one with one another so that the world, so that others would know you, so that others would know you. And that's our prayer going in to next year. So why don't you guys stand and have the band come up and we're gonna respond. So at the end of this service, we don't only just sing a song to kind of, you know, close out the service. What we want to encourage people to do is this is a time for you to take a next step. It's a time for you to respond to God in some way. And so that's why we're gonna have our prayer and prophetic team up here, some of our staff and overseers available to pray. And maybe for you, it's just a step of saying, man, I wanna take a step of faith and I wanna take a next step to have someone pray with me for something that's going on in my life. Maybe it's that, you know what, I want to take what, what I just invited you into and I wanna pray about it this week. That's my next step. I wanna pray about, God, what are you saying about the next three years and in investing here? And just coming back and saying, well, I'm in. Or coming back and saying, I'm, I'm considering this. Like, let's respond. And also just uh, felt led last, uh, last, uh, last night, actually, just to text a few of our prayer and prophetic team. Just said, hey, can you, can you be praying for the service? And maybe God would give you something just that would be some, for someone specific. And so I'm gonna share some of the things that the prayer and prophetic team listed out. And we wanna be, we love the word of God. We wanna be people of the word of God. And we also wanna be people who are led by the spirit, walk in power by the spirit, walk in power of the gifts of the spirit. So this is us where it says in 1 Corinthians 14 to eagerly to pursue love and eagerly desire to grow in the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. This is us trying to take action and put it into practice. And so if some of these land with you, this is one thing that they said, Pray for physical healing for unresolved left hip pain. So we believe that Jesus heals. We wanna pray, if that's you, you have unresolved left hip pain. Uh, just invite you, if you're able to come forward and walk, to, uh, to come and receive prayer. The second one is a prayer for inner healing. It's the sense that God sees you and sees your heart to try to remain faithful despite hardship. He does not condemn you when you feel weak or doubt. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. Jeremiah 31.3. You don't have to feel like you have to hang on to God harder than he is hanging on to you. So if that's more of an inner healing, saying, yes, I feel like I needed that word today. would love to have someone partner with you and pray with you in that. And then lastly, since... Uh, that someone had been serving others in hiddenness for a long time. So serving behind the scenes for a long time and it feels like they're lost, but the father sees them and wants them to know that he's been guiding them this whole time. So those are a few prophetic words. Wanted to submit those to you, but we want to just encourage you church that we're a church that moves. We, act, we, we respond. 
okay? So whether that's just responding in worship, whether that's responding personally or coming to the forward in prayer, let's go for it. So again, if we can have the prayer prophetic team up, let's go to God and worship. Jesus, thank you that you are the head, you are the leader. God, you are the author and perfecter of our faith, Lord. God, we come to you and say that we are dropping our oars again, God, to you. We are surrendering to you, God, that you are the bread of life and that you are the one that's building your church. So this morning, God, we, we wanna come and say, we want more of you. God, we want you to be the king of our lives. God, and we also present these treasures, these needs before you for healing of our bodies, for healing of our soul. God, for, for affirmation, about the steps and the plans that we have, that we would acknowledge you in all that we do. So we submit these things to you today and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.